So as I begin my message today, I've invited Nicole Armstrong, our fabulous director of spiritual formation at Christ Church to stand with me. It'll become obvious why in a moment. When just starting out in ministry, I was a man of some promise, wrapped up in anxieties and colorful neuroses. Among the latter was a nervous habit of, get it, lint picking. That is, sometimes when in a new anxiety-producing situation, I had a tendency to pick lint off the person with whom I was speaking. It's no use trying to understand such a thing. Now, just go with me here, okay? Just go with me, <laughs> Nicole, okay? So I had been assigned to my very first pastoral appointment, and I was meeting the chair of the Staff Parish Relations Committee, the, the equivalent of a personnel committee. In the Methodist Church, this group has the responsibility of receiving pastoral candidates on behalf of the congregation. And in this case, I was meeting a somewhat odd-seeming woman who was wearing a velvet black jacket, a veritable lint magnet. We were speaking in close proximity of one another and standing face to face when I unconsciously noticed a very long hair <laughs> across her lapel, I'd say about eight inches. I didn't really think about this. I just noticed it. And in my unconscious, nervous state, I reached over to pull it off. Unfortunately, it was attached right there. <gasps> <laughs> oh my. Okay. Yes, I know it seems bizarre in the extreme, but that's the way it was on the occasion of speaking with a representative of my very first congregation. <laughs> Pinching between my thumb and forefinger an eight inch hair attached to her chin. And as I held it aloft, she continued her chatter without missing a beat. Never losing gaze with my eyes, never losing her gaze. I don't remember how long I was fixed in that frozen posture. I mean, what would you have done? Eventually, I just simply laid the hair back down and gave it a good pat. And we continued our conversation. Huh. Nothing was ever said or acknowledged about this incident. And believe it or not, I was deemed acceptable enough to pastor that <laughs> bewildered congregation, although the next time we met, I noticed she had removed my temptation from her face. Thanks, Nicole, for helping me out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that's a true story. First encounter at my first church. I've told it publicly about every 10 years or so to keep my feet firmly planted on terra firma, lest I forget that under my Sunday robe beats the heart of a neurotic. Although I want you to know that I grew out of that compulsion pretty quickly, thank God. But as for that, I ended up having a wonderful time in that little church for several years. Neuroses and all, we managed to form a community that loved God and neighbor. And from that momentous beginning, here I now stand before you, 42 years later, beginning my 35th year at Christ Church. 
At the very least, I hope that all neurotics participating today, nervous about the future, might take heart at this story. No current situation paints the future in permanent colors for those who trust God. But I share it for at least two other reasons today as well. First, I offer it as proof that there's nothing special about anyone who shows up in worship. It's, it's just us neurotics and eccentrics in all our glory. Underneath our well-crafted veneers, there's nothing that really separates us in our humanity from one another. Just all of us as we are, we show up with our strengths and weaknesses, our compulsions and fears, as well as our hopes and dreams. We bring just ourselves here and stand before God with open hearts. And I've really come to deeply appreciate all the neurotics who've shown up over the years. How much I have valued what we've been able to accomplish, including moving into this virtual space as a response to pandemic. How far we've come. How fortunate we've been to have found one another and what good work we've been assigned. Now, we're still figuring out how this virtual world connects with the physical, but there's no question that it certainly sweeps in a lot more spiritual questing neurotics than we could assemble on a single Sunday. Still, let's be clear that what we're doing here is an extension of what is now anchored at Park Avenue and 60th Street in New York City. And this location had its genesis in the aspirations of an earlier generation who met for worship one block west on the corner of Madison and 60th. In the earliest part of the last century, they found common cause in advancing the kingdom as best they knew, which included building an absolutely fabulous sanctuary. They had a sense of call to establishing a presence in the city that would long outlast them and provide inspiration for countless generations to follow, including all of us. One thing leading to another and to another and then even now reaching out into the electronic ether. And here we are. They built a magnificent jewel box to the glory of God in the heart of the city in the heart of the world. They had an intuition about the future of New York City. There's a sense then in which while they didn't know our names they had an intuition about us. Well, as human organizations tend to wax and wane, the congregation went into a period of decline, but even then, faithful persons held the visionary ember for a new day. There's less than a handful of those stalwart souls today, but thank God for them. And slowly the fire was reignited. It was a process of one person, one neurotic, one family at a time for a number of years who walked through the doors and were surprised to discover they had come home. And maybe that describes your experience in this space. So here we are, all of us, nothing more, nothing less than the heirs of the kingdom in the year 2021 and the future beckons. Which brings me to the second reason I began with the chin hair story. It helps frame my professional life since, 
As many of you know, having received a letter from me this week, I'll be vacating my role as senior minister no later than January 1, 2023. I've had a good long run here, only the fourth senior minister since 1918. But facing a hard boundary of mandatory retirement in just a couple of years, it became very clear to me this past summer that the church was overripe for a new season of strategic visioning, and I needed it to create a space for that to happen. The day now dawning post-pandemic presents an awesome opportunity, challenging opportunity, created by the fragile state of the larger institutional church and current cultural chaos. We're at the cusp of a major generational change. And I sense great, great hunger for authentic spiritual sanctuary. Christ Church offers this both literally and figuratively, which defines a collective responsibility to continue to follow the loving path Jesus blazed into the misty future, hand in hand. I am deeply, deeply stirred by this quest. But here's the truth. I can't be the one to lead the charge. My time in this role has come to an end. I feel very clear about this and peaceful. Of course, I'm filled with a riot of emotions, but, but most of all, simple, deep gratitude and a very, very hopeful sense concerning the future of Christ Church. We have a year or so to share the work of situating our community as we emerge from COVID protocols. In the United Methodist system, a regional bishop appoints Methodist clergy to churches, so our staff parish and executive committees will be working with Bishop Tom Bickerton of the New York Annual Conference to locate an excellent successor with the necessary gifts and vision for this moment. I believe a Zoom meeting has already been set for Sunday, December 5th, to help answer questions you may have about the process ahead. We'll have ample opportunity to digest this transition further, but hold in your heart and mind that my leave-taking is just one small marker on the long road to our home not made with hands, and that your role in sustaining this wonderful community rises in importance. I am not Christ Church. I am but one of its servants in a long progression of servants as I would point out, are you. We each have our roles. I'm so very grateful I've had this length of time here with you. The passages read today from Philippians and Matthew are favorites of mine. They're aspirational, helping define what binds us together in common cause. Don't ever lose sight of the fact that the call placed on your lives includes being salt and light for a terribly distressed world. You are an essential component of God's kingdom of grace. As these next months unfold, let's remain deeply committed to the health and vitality of the Christ Church community while remembering the wisdom of Dame Julian of Norwich. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well.